it worked well. I mean, as far as just standalone, the yeah. Shakespeare stuff he was perfect for, but yeah, but it just as far as him being in the movie, that that bird should have been he should have flown the coop. <laughs> Welcome to episode 88 of the Movie Bite Podcast, a show all about movies, movie reviews, movie news, trailers, and more. We're recording on Wednesday, May the 14th, 2014. I'm TJ, your host, and joining me today is the rare and unusual Blue Spix Macaw. It's Chad Hopkins. How are you, Chad? I'm doing all right, TJ. How about you? I'm doing well. Have you learned to fly yet? Uh, not quite. Okay. Well, you got to work on that. Birds are supposed to be able to fly, I understand. (laughs) It's not, you know, not all birds are ostriches. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) How's it going? It is going well. You know, I'm finished with classes and I'm finished with finals. And that's all of the classes I'm taking until I graduate. So you're you're basically doing the Snoopy dance now. Basically, yes. Cool. I I assume you you, uh, graduated or got all the credits you needed or whatever. Uh, Whatever it is you kids do at college these days. (laughs) I will graduate in December after I student teach in the fall. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know how these things work. Yep. That's how that's, that's what's next for me. So you're going to be doing some teaching. I am. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You need to do a class on movies, I think. (laughs) Okay. I'll see if I can uh, get a hold of that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you're, you're uh, actually like a music major, if I remember correctly. Yeah, music education. Yeah, cool. Well, um, Chad, I have some follow-up for last week that you're just going to love uh, uh-huh. because I didn't get to rag and rail enough on the, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man se- series of films. So uh, I thought I'd throw this at you and see what what you thought. Um, Rob Bricken over at io9 had uh, one of those wonderful um, – uh, spoiler FAQ posts that he does on occasion. He He's had some that I've loved and he's had some that I didn't, but I loved this one um, because I tended to agree pretty much with everything that he said about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and his snarky and FAQ style of, of you know, basically answering, you know, it's, also, it's almost like he's having a conversation with you the way he posts it. Um, so here's just an excerpt. What is The Amazing Spider-Man 2 about? It's about a man gifted with extraordinary powers who, through the, through hard work and perseverance, finally manages to get his girlfriend killed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sat down and read this whole article. I saw your post, and I'm skimming through right now, and, and I just love how straightforward and sort of deadpan he is with everything. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I love it. In fact, I don't have IO9. I don't know what other kind of stuff IO9 does. Uh, I, I just like IO9 is something that will occasionally like run across. Somebody will link it to, link up to it that I do follow, or I'll see it on Twitter and I'll click through. I, maybe I should add this site to my RSS feeds for a while and see if there's anything good else good here. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, um, so here's a couple other uh, samples. Um, okay, but that's good, right? I don't remember what that's in reference to. That's like the question. And the answer is, well, yes and no. Yes, because Harry has access to all his father's crazy secret projects, which, by the way, is literally in a folder titled Secret Projects. And no, because that neurogenetic disease that his father succumbed to at the age of 50-something decides this is the week to put it into high gear and start giving Harry big neck zits. I should note (laughs) that the movie doesn't acknowledge the disease's inexplicably rapid spread in Harry. Harry just decides that he needs the cure in the next three days or it's all over. 
<laughs> I, I keep all my secret projects in a secret projects folder. Absolutely. It makes the most perfect sense because then, you know, uh, how else would I find it? Right. How else would the good guys find it? You know, cause you're the, we've established that you're the evil, um, you know, uh, oh no, my, my mind is failing me again. Uh, the, the guy who says light bulb all the time. Come on. Gru. Gru. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we've established that you're Gru, right? And uh, yeah, sure. You're the evil mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more excerpt. And you, this will be in the show notes. You really should go read the whole thing. But, um, so then how does Harry become the goblin? Because of course, Oscorp kept some of the spider venom in the secret projects basement. Harry finds it instantly injects himself with it despite the fact that no one has any clue what it does and even though had the and even though had the spider venom worked perhaps Harry's dad would have taken it and not died earlier in the movie and despite the fact that Harry should by all accounts have at least 30 more years before the disease kills him so there's no rush whatsoever the disease transforms him into a weirdo you've already seen and at the same time uh, and at the exact same moment the transformation is com- in a, is complete I'm sorry I'm I'm doing a bad job at reading this at the same exact time <laughs> The, the transformation is complete. A random door opens up in the same room Harry's in, containing the new goblin armor. <laughs> this 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 basically encapsulates any problem that I had with. <laughs> with yeah, uh, I, it, it's a good it's a good article. It's a fun read. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's in the show notes. I, I figured you wouldn't like it though. I I think if you can't make fun of a movie, then I mean, I make fun of Back to the Future sometimes. It's got mistakes, but I, that doesn't stop me from liking it. Yeah, and and you know, I I say that I'm surprised that you liked it, but I mean, even movies that I liked, I tend to like the honest trailers and things that come out for them. Um, you know, because because right. any movie that's well done can obviously be made fun of. I think it. I think that because when a movie is well done, it almost like rides that kind of knife edge where you can you can you know go too far one way and you're in the overly dramatic, and you go to, go too far the other way and you're in a boring movie or whatever. I mean, right. like one of my favorite uh, modern trilogies would be the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's certainly easy to make fun of, right? Right. So, I, I mean, I think, Where that, is she? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it's very easy to make fun of movies that are really good. I think um, one of my favorite movies of all time, probably really easy to make fun of, which would be The Matrix. You know. Yeah. Anything with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, anything with Keanu Reeves, right. (laughs) (laughs) Because Keanu Reeves is, let's face it, really not that great of an actor. No. He was perfect for The Matrix, and and that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so anyway, check out The Amazing Spider-Man 2 spoiler FAQ. The link uh, will be in the show notes to Rob Bricken at io9. Highly recommended. Um. All right, so Chad, there is a reason why sometimes I don't. We've, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show, um, and I, I tend to edit it out if it gets bad enough. But um, people may have noticed that you sometimes sound worse uh, than I do. Perhaps, perhaps they've noticed <laughs> that. Perhaps they didn't. And I think we've gotten to the root of this. I, I can, we kind of already knew this, but we'd never done the actual speed test. And uh, so yeah, we now have evidence. You put a speed test at, from speedtest.net. You link to the results in the show notes here, and you put next to it LOL. You have a download speed of 1.22 megabits per second and an upload speed of 0.08 megabits per second. The star rating at speedtest.net is one star. The carrier is Texas Tech <laughs> University, three stars. Uh, so, um, 
<laughs> 1.22 megabits per second was acceptable in what 1998 maybe maybe over dial-up yeah probably. <laughs> well no dial-up would be a lot slower than that but um trust me i remember <laughs> you think well, you know I, I about dial-up dial too i was gonna say you think you know about dial-up I, <laughs> I i grew up on it <laughs> um yeah so one but 1.22 megabits per second i don't even know if that's considered a high-speed internet anymore what is the <laughs> let's see i'm googling right now threshold for high speed internet oops help if i put the i in the front there there's uh hmm let's see well i know i saw an article about this somewhere and i don't know who makes these uh standards or whatever but um i'm of course i'm getting a bunch of throttling specs from comcast and you know how uh-huh. how much data can you use a month so I'm, I'm obviously using the wrong search term some search guru can figure this out and email us you know please email chad <laughs> uh, don't don't email me email chad my speed is uh 55.22 megabits per second down and 11.67 megabits per second up with its with a star rating of five on speed speedtest.net so I, your download speed is literally 50 times better than mine literally quite literally 50 <laughs> times better than yours <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess we can thank goodness, thank God that I am uh, not going to be recording episodes from here anymore. Yeah, no, you actually sound decent, except for an echo, which I assume is the room that you're in. You actually sound decent tonight. Yeah, uh, the echo is because all of my stuff is gone. My parents came last weekend and took it home, and oh, I'm staying that, a few more days. Sense. And so, so all you have pretty, is the bare walls, which is pretty reflective. Well, you, I mean, yeah, I don't, much. I don't know how much you learn about audio design and the music, you know, teaching industry or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the more bare, bare, hard surfaces you have, the more reflective and the more echo you'll get. Where, right? You know, in my office, even though I have some pretty bare walls, I, I put up some. I, I posted a picture of this at one point. I put up some sheets you know, kind of on the ceiling and over to the most, the most nearest wall, I put up some sheets to, to help cut down on the echo. And then I just have a bunch of stuff in this office anyway, that, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of exposed hard surfaces. So. Right. It's why it kind of sounds like I'm oh, not quite, but it almost sounds like I'm in a studio. I can hear the difference, but a lot of people probably can't. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully you'll be able to set up your professional studio when you get back home and, and, you know, get all the foam on the walls and stuff. And you were going to yeah, do hopefully. that, right? I'll see what I can do, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully your internet will be faster. Is, is this what people tune in for, Chad? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Movie uh, by internet speeds. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so moving on. Um, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis appear in the first clip from Jupiter Ascending. Have you had a chance to watch this? I did. What do you think? I mean, this, the, the thing is, th- this clip is not that exciting. It didn't. It's, it wasn't like, ooh, I'm, I'm going to hate this movie. But it wasn't what I was looking for at, for a clip yeah. from this movie. I, I, it's like, who's making the decisions over there? Yeah, it doesn't really reveal anything whatsoever. Not not acting capabilities, not yeah. script, not not plot, not anything. So, I mean, it, it was fun to sort of see a little glimpse, but uh, we'll have to see the movie. Well, hang on, hang on. I mean, I'm looking up right now. Channing Tatum, as far as acting ability. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh so 21 Jump Street, White House Down, um, let's see, G.I. Joe Retaliation, now we know he can act. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, 21 Jump Street has a 90-something percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. I, I really don't know a lot about it. Um, I need, yeah. I need, it's, it's on my list to like if it's, to even check. I don't even know if it's something I want to see. I just, I'm aware of it because trailers for the new 122 Jump Street have been coming out. 
Right. So there's just, man, there's and, just so many movies, Chad, and there's only 24 hours in a day. Did you know that? It's very true. Yeah. Uh, and only seven days a week. That's I right. Mean, it's wow. crazy. I mean, there's not eight. <laughs> I thought there was eight. No, I think you uh, tallied one twice. Okay. So, <laughs> so Channing Tatum, uh, whatever. I, I don't know. He's, I, I, I think that he probably can act. He just hasn't been in a lot of stuff that I really care about. Yeah. I mean, the G- couple of, the couple of films I've seen him in, I liked, but, uh, and that, that's White House Down and 21 Jump Street, I think. Yeah, White House Down wasn't awful. I mean, we had a podcast about that. Um, yes, we did. And I, I, it wasn't awful, but it didn't not it didn't blow me away. I thought he was in, um, who am I thinking of that was in Battleship? Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. Wrong, wrong guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Taylor Kitsch. Let's see. Yep, that's he was in John Carter. Yeah, that's the guy. I remember now that I see him. Was, nah, I, they don't even look anything alike. Okay, um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> They're in the same types of movies. Um, so Mila Kunis, um, she can also act. Um, she was in uh, Oz the Great and Powerful as Theodora, which I thought she did a great job. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've seen her in. Maybe I've just seen her around. I don't know that I've seen her necessarily in anything else. She's got more of a TV career than anything. Yeah. She's she's sort of blossomed into film in the past few years. She was in uh, something with Justin Timberlake. I think that Friends with Benefits movie. Yeah. Um, she was in Black Swan with Natalie Portman, which mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I don't know if I've seen them. So. Yeah, I guess I'm just more aware of her than I have seen her in anything. And of course, I, I really liked Oz the Great and Powerful. So, I mean, I, I think that... Uh, you know, and I I think that she's she was fine in that film, so I know that she can act. So that that's really I mean all all the opinion I have on Jupiter Ascending <laughs> right now. I mean the trailers have looked really good. I just yeah. wish that this clip had been a little more meaty or something. At the same time, I don't want anything really spoiled. Right. So. Well, and the other actors we have in Jupiter Ascending are uh, Sean Bean. Hmm. I thought there was somebody else. I said actors, and I was still scrolling through the list. I thought there was somebody else we would recognize. But, I mean, obviously, in any event, Sean Bean really raises the bar quite a bit. We should make bets over whether he dies or not, because he dies in everything. We should really make bets over whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, because he almost always <laughs> plays almost always plays a bad guy or a troubled guy. Uh, in fact, the only near almost good role that I can remember seeing him in in recent times would be Lord of the Rings as Boromir. Right. And he wasn't really a good guy, but he wasn't a bad guy, right? But yeah, most of the time... under the troubled category. Yes, but most of the time he plays bad guys. Uh think yeah. um I think uh hmm, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the movie that I should know. Oh, I'll think Equilibrium for one. Uh he was a bad guy in Equilibrium. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, he was not. We're gonna cut that from the podcast. I should know better than that. <laughs> he was in um National Treasure. National Treasure, that's the one I was thinking of. Wow, I can't believe that I uh, anyway, okay. Anywho, <laughs> He often plays bad guys. Yes. So, uh, but but the trailers have made it look like he's not a bad guy in this film. So that would be different and interesting. Um, so um, Eddie Redmayne is also in this movie. He was uh, Marius in Les Misérables. Okay, I'm not remembering which character that is. Uh, he's Cosette's love interest. Okay. The main young guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who that is. I mean, I would recognize the face anyway. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that face in one of the trailers now that you say that. All right, well, shall we move on to our next item? Our sure. next topic of interest. Um, you will not care one little bit about this because you don't watch TV, so you've said. Correct. 
but I care. Um, Revolution was a TV show that I was very interested in when it came out, and I thought that it had a decent run in its first season. It it, it, it faltered here and there. Uh, it it had uh, a bit of it, uh, it, it seemed to go through identity crisis sometimes. Uh, I think maybe two or three times during the first season, it went through an identity crisis. Like, what what is this show? What are we doing? Where is the show going? What is the show about? It would occasionally feel a little bit like that. Um, uh-huh. But but all in all, I would have to say season season one was pretty decent. And we're coming off out of the end uh, for me of Fringe, uh, and which was also a J.J. Abrams show. This was not as much a J.J. Abrams show as an Eric Kripke, but J.J. Abrams' name was attached. And so I liked it well enough. Uh, it, there's been nothing to replace Fringe for me yet, but it's, you know, this was well enough. Season two has been a more, much more of a disappointment for me. Um, and, and the ratings have just continued to drop. And that identity crisis that happened once or twice in the first season, it's all over this season. So I have, I, I think I'm like five episodes behind now. I just sort of like, every time I go to the TV, it's like, let's see, I can catch up on the series that I'm really enjoying that's been over for a while and that I know ended well. <laughs> or, I can watch Revolution, which I fear is going to be canceled. <laughs> mm, hard choice. So, uh, so the news here is that uh, Revolution has come to an end. NBC has canceled the series from executive producers J.J. Abrams, Eric Kripke, and John Favreau, and it will not be back for a third season. The series had debuted to very strong ratings in its first season, but lost steam as it progressed. A move to Wednesdays this season, away from its great lead-in on Monday. Uh, the Voice unfortunately proved the show hadn't developed a very large fan base of its own. From its great lead-in on Monday, the oh, I see the voice. The voice led it in, and so there were a lot of viewers that stayed tuned after that. I don't even get why mm. people watch those shows. Ugh, the voice, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's really suffered, and I'm just, I'm I'm glad they're putting it out of its misery. Frankly, it just hasn't been very good. Um, now, speaking of J.J. Uh, Abrams TV shows, did you stick with Almost Human? I did, and it's been canceled. It only had 13 right. episodes, and it never really got good either. So, I mean, I knew you initially liked the pilot or whatever, and we, no, I never heard anything else from you about yeah, it. Yeah, so. I liked the pilot and I liked the concept, um, but they never really took it anywhere. And they had multiple opportunities to expand the show. They kept referring to the wall, you know, that, that there was something going on, that, you know, like, but then it never went anywhere. Like, they just didn't do anything with it. And you're like, what? You guys are blowing it. Uh-huh. And it, it just sort of became a cookie cutter sci-fi, you know, uh, um, monster of the week kind of thing. And I just I, I stuck with it, but it was only 13 episodes and it has been canceled. So, yeah, it wasn't what I wanted. I was I was hoping it would, you know, be a lot more uh, fringe like or something. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking for that fringe replacement. If anybody has any show suggestions for me, um, email them to me. Uh, you can email uh, info at movie bite. Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes, but that show's over. I'm talking about current shows. I have several oh, current shows. I have several older shows that I want to watch. Breaking Bad is on my list. Um, but uh, and and I will I will probably pick up some email for this in terms of uh, uh, people telling me how stupid I am or I'm watching a girly <laughs> girly show or whatever. If if you're of the more manly persuasion, uh, but I am enjoying very much uh, Veronica Mars, which only had three seasons, and the reason I'm watching it is because I really liked the concept of the movie being funded by Kickstarter and I want to watch the movie, but in order to do that, I want to watch the series first and I never had. So I'm going back and doing that. No shame. What's that? I said, no shame. <laughs> Nobody should make fun of you. <laughs> okay. I, I, I have received just a little bit of 
flack or people making fun of me. Uh, I think mostly really? Fizz. Mostly Fizz. He, he just loves to make fun of me anyway. I don't know why. Oh, well, I, that's true. I don't know why I have him on the show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was making fun of me earlier today. He told me that because I hated Cloud Atlas, he's going to go see it now. <laughs> uh, so I guess he's going to get the Blu-ray or whatever. Terrible movie. Um, I never saw it. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I know you don't keep up with TV shows, so we should move on. to some, oh, Well, but the next item is also a TV show. <laughs> but this is a TV show I'm interested in and will watch eventually. So Okay, so speaking of TV shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed for a second season. I think we, that was a gimme. We, we knew that was going to happen. Uh-huh. I, I never had any doubt that it would be renewed. But there has been a vocal, I think, opposition to the show. And I, I think undeservedly so. Um, I know Fizz would argue that with me, but he's not here, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> I I have always enjoyed the show from the very get go. No, it wasn't all it could be, and it was very seriously overhyped because it was Marvel and because it was Joss Whedon. But it right. was a good show, and it and it's been getting better. I wasn't sure if I liked what happened after Captain America because it basically follows the timeline of what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. I wasn't sure if I liked the show as much, but I think I do. I, it just it took a different direction, and and I can understand how that uh, offends people. Like it's the the fatal flaw of the show is it's tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it has to wait on that, and it can't do its own thing. Blah blah blah. I, I don't see it that way, uh-huh. but a lot of people do. Um, in any event, it's still its viewership still is good enough to get it a season uh, renewal, and there's a lot of pull there because Disney owns ABC and Disney owns Marvel, and so there's a lot of pull and 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 connectivity there. Anyway, not that ABC wouldn't cancel it if the viewers were really bad, but um, there you go. It's been renewed for a second season, and I, I haven't seen uh, the um, the uh, fi- finale episode yet because I have to wait until it comes out on Hulu on Wednesday, uh, as we've uh-huh. discussed at length before. <laughs> so but uh, your your friend uh uh lex fritter on twitter spoiled it for me i'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> not really but I, I i like being fake mad on twitter so yes uh, you do anyway <laughs> you have anything to say about ages of shield no not really uh i saw a tweet yesterday i think uh from the i think it was the inside the magic twitter account it's a disney-based account um and he said that the finale was the first episode that is necessary viewing for people who want to keep up with the cinematic universe so really yeah i mean i i, I don't know how much to trust that but that's yeah, what he said that would be that is interesting and i'll i mean there is a movie character in the episode um which right. the thing is and i understand where people are coming from you know clark gregg ming na wen um brett dalton um, uh, what's the, uh, Chloe Bennett. I don't remember all the, the, the two names of Fitz and Simmons, unfortunately, which they're fine. I like them as characters. Um, I, I, I mean, they're TV stars that happen to be in some of the Marvel movies, basically. Well, Greg, uh, Greg is, um, Clark Greg, Clark Greg, uh, is, um, whereas to get some of the movie stars, uh, that have been in the Marvel movies is very expensive for a TV show. So I, I can see how people get frustrated with that. Like, you know, I think people were hoping for more cameos from Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and, you know, <laughs> so Scarlett Johansson. the most expensive TV show ever made. Yeah, you know, Scarlett Johansson as <laughs> Black Widow. I mean, we're talking about A-game movie stars here. You know what? Uh, the only the only movie character who's appeared, and this has got to be expensive because it is, um, you know, it's Nick Fury. Um, right. Is, is Nick Fury. What What is that actor's name? 
Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, thank you. Um, of course, uh, Jamie Alexander, uh, Sif from Thor, yeah, was in it as well. But yeah. she's not a she's not like your top rated movie star, right? So, but but Samuel Jackson is, and and so having Nick Fury on that show, it's got to be super expensive. Yeah. In fact, you almost wonder if they don't budget it in and build it in with with the movie budgets and say, uh, let's go film this for a day while you're filming Captain <laughs> America. You know, you kind of wonder if that, that sort of thing is not go- going on. I mean, I've been around movie production on a small scale, so I know, you know, kind of how one hand feeds the other or whatever. You do stuff kind of on this budget that really technically should be over on this budget, but this is the budget that has the money, you know. Um, right. So you wonder if some of that's going on. But even so, I think people really wanted more of of the big superstars, and frankly, that was never the um, the premise of the show. And the premise of the show is your regular agents of Shield in this universe, which I always thought was a fantastic premise. So I'm I'm st- I'm very happy with the show ultimately. Cool. Yeah, I was, I was saying that's uh, <laughs> this is me talking to myself. Uh, but we should talk about something you will be interested in. Yeah, uh, we have a link here, and it's been all over the place. And I am so not enthusiastic about this, and I so don't care that I have not put it on MovieByte.com. That is the problem with me being the lone curator of MovieByte: is that if I'm not interested, you're not going to hear about it on MovieByte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can cure that, but I want to be really picky. You know, I, I don't want just anybody writing there. So that's why I chose you and tried to get you involved, but you never write. I know, so I'm sorry. <laughs> so tell us about this uh, Batflex suit, this veiny gritty nasty dark i only work in black and sometimes very very dark gray tell (laughs) tell us about this well Zack snyder the director of man of steel and its sequel which is still not technically titled um batman versus superman is what we call it right that is what we're calling it um he tweeted an official the first official look at batfleck (laughs) and affleck as batman sorry i just looked at the meme (laughs) that you posted in the show notes (laughs) i'm glad (laughs) continue sorry um but uh so we've got the first official looks at both batfleck and at uh the new batmobile uh a sort of glimpse of the batmobile more than anything and at fat uh, bat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, uh i mean it's pretty cool I, I i wish it was more detailed because we don't really see a lot it's in uh sort of monochrome uh monochrome that's the word i was looking for not mod um <clears throat> black and white kind of stylization and it, i mean i i think it looks pretty cool and everybody else on the internet seems to think it looks pretty cool too mm. what do you think tj <laughs> well Opinions aside of Man of Steel, uh, what do you say, think of this Batman outfit? I don't know. Like a lot of times, I have a good handle on how much something colors my opinion, and whether I can. <laughs> and, and, and I have a good handle on how to compartmentalize that. Uh-huh. I have such strong feelings against Man of Steel that I can. I know that I cannot think clearly on this issue. I know that this. I, I'm fairly confident that this universe is not going to get better for me, and so I have no vested interest at all i don't i you see me use this expression on movie bite or twitter from time to time do not want (laughs) this is where i am at with man of steel and with the dc universe right now understood but how does batman look Uh, i'm I'm trying to to look at it with clean eyes and a pure (laughs) heart chad um i don't like it but um, I I have a lot of love for Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight look. Um, we know you do. 
I really, really think that that was the, um, the, is, is apex the right word? The, 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 the top, pinnacle. the pinnacle. Yes. Thank you. The high point of all of Batman ever conceived, the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan is the end all and be all for, for right now. I'm not saying that something couldn't come in and do better. But I, I just I don't like this suit. It's weird. It's it's I don't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The the Dark Knight suit from I mean the Dark Knight trilogy suit makes more sense to me. It feels more armored and secure and 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 this just feels stupid. <laughs> Please tell us how you really feel, TJ. I have a hard time expressing myself and my opinions. I should I should start a <laughs> podcast. It might help me with that. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I think it looks pretty cool. If you click through to the site, or you haven't posted this story, so if you look in the show notes and click through uh, the link comicbookmovie.com, yep. um, there's a pretty cool colorized, I think it's just done by a fan, but uh, so we don't know if it's going to look like this, but there's a colorized version of the picture uh, Zack Snyder shared on Twitter, and I think that looks pretty cool too. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I can't find it so far. Um, there's already been a meme. Oh, here, uh, here's some. Uh, let me put this in the show notes for you. Click on – where's the show outline? One of these tabs. Here it is. Um, so click on that. Uh, let me make it a link. There we go. Um, so it's already become a meme, the sad, the sad Batman meme. I saw this trending on Twitter or something the other day. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really sad look. I, I mean, <laughs> we, we know that it's been rumored that Batfleck is going to be, you know, a uh, kind of a middle-aged, sad, um, uh, Older. you know, uh, not, not, not a carefree Batman by any means. Uh, so right. this, this picture, I think, kind of is not anything we didn't expect, but, um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's already become a meme. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and, you know, anything, anything becomes a meme on the internet these days though. So I don't know why I'm surprised. Right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, so check that, that the link is also in the show notes. Show notes, by the way, for this episode are at moviebyte.com slash MB podcast slash 88. We have done 88 of these episodes, Chad. 88 miles per hour. Yeah, I knew you were going there. <laughs> All right. So those will be in the, uh, in the show notes. Let's okay. move on, Chad, to Rio 2. Rio. In order to talk about Rio 2, we have to talk about Rio. And you have only just recently seen it, and I think you're going to break my heart, Chad. You're, you're, you're going to do it. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Rio? It was okay. Yes, um, you're breaking my heart. I'm sorry, TJ. I did not love it. I thought it was... I don't want to say it's one of DreamWorks' worst because it's not. There's a couple of Shrek films that fall in that category. No, 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 no don't go there. Well, okay, depending on which ones you're talking about. I could, I maybe well, especially it. three. I haven't okay, seen yes. four, so I can't speak on that officially. I think I've um, told you that Shrek Forever After is actually really good. And, yeah, and you, you because, have told me, so I'm, I'm sort of withholding judgment, which is why. Right, because it follows on the heels of such an awful movie with Shrek 3. I don't think right. a lot of people have seen it, and I think that the, the ones that have that kind of colored their perception of it. I was, and, and maybe I was, you know, it, Shrek 3 was so bad that anything was better, but I don't think so. I think Shrek Forever After was really good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, if, if we're talking about Shrek 3, I can completely agree that, uh, you know, that would be DreamWorks, possibly one of their worst films. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought 
I thought it was, I didn't think there was a whole lot of substance behind it. Like most Pixar movies <laughs> uh, have a lot to take away from. And there might've been a little bit here, but I didn't, I didn't get that sort of takeaway. And uh, while I enjoyed it, I liked the, the look of the film. I liked the music of the film. I liked the main two voices, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Anna Hathaway. Um, but overall, I just, it, it, it seemed too much of a kiddie movie for me. Hmm. Well, all right. So I, um, well, first of all, when you're talking about Pixar, when you say that like most Pixar films, you you mean <clears throat> excluding Cars too, <clears throat> right? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rio, I I really enjoyed Rio. I, I rated it on my Letterbox profile four out of five stars. Um, and it was one of those films that I just, I mean, I glossed over it or didn't care about it or whatever when it came out in 2011. Uh, and I didn't have any money in my budget for seeing movies in the theater before I started Movie Bite, and 2011 would have been before that time. Uh, so I wasn't budgeting to see films in theaters, and so I would, had to be a lot more picky about the movies I would see in theaters. So I didn't, and I've only recently watched it uh, on April the 6th, it looks like, is when I watched it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I have to completely disagree with you. Um, I think that this film does offer some substance. It offers, you know, a great story. Um, and it has a 72% critic approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty decent, if you ask me. Right. Well, when I say substance, I don't mean story. I thought the story was fine for the most part. It's like takeaway. Like at the end of the day, what have I learned? What What is this movie trying to tell me other than this bird learned how to fly and mated with another one? <laughs> you thought that's what Rio – if that's all Rio was to you, you've missed what Rio was. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Tell me what it was then. Well, it was a story about these two characters. And, and to me, that when I talk about substance, that's what I talk about is did it have good character development? And Rio had fantastic character development. It had fantastic characters in general. Um, it had great casting. It had a great story that, that uh, taught you something that went somewhere uh, that brought these two very different birds together. Uh, you, you know, to me, a great movie, a great animated movie is one that makes you care about the, the characters in it, regardless of the fact that they're animated. And Rio did that for me. I really cared about what happened to Blue and to Jewel. So, okay. um, yeah, I, th I thought it was a fantastic film. Um, way, you know, up there with some of the better Pixar films. I mean, obviously not Incredibles level or anything, which I... I go back and forth on whether the toy, any of the Toy Story films, which I can't decide which one of those is better on any given day, or The Incredibles is the best Pixar film, but not up on that level. Let's let's call it a Monsters University level, which I you know really loved Monsters University. Does okay, that, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I understand how somebody could like this. It, it and I did like it. It's just not very high on my list. So if you had to give Rio, you probably haven't thought too much about this, but if you had to give the first Rio film a star rating, what would it be? Uh, I said three out of five stars. <sighs> My heart. It's mm, <laughs> hit me right there. <clears throat> All right. All right. Um, I, you have to admit, though, that the voice cast of, of Rio was fantastic. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg is blue. is fantastic. Right. Well, Jesse Eisenberg and Anne Hathaway, yes. I really like them. Not so much. I don't know. I'm looking through the rest of it. Leslie Mann, I thought was okay. Um, Jermaine Clement was great as awesome. the, the as the villain, Absolutely. Nigel. Yep. Um, the rest of it, I didn't really care for. Oh, come for. on. You didn't like Will I Am and Jamie Foxx as Pedro and Nico? Please. I guess they were, they were funny sometimes. 
man, <laughs> dude, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. I thought they were awkward characters. I loved them. I thought they were fantastic. <laughs> so we we have these two kind of disparate clashing opinions, and we come to our review of Rio 2, the sequel to Rio. And, uh, well, okay, so some vital statistics. It opened in theaters on April the 11th, 2014, so we're a little late in getting to this. Uh, we've just, you know, had a lot of things going on and other movies to watch or whatever. The budget was $103 million. It opened uh, to $39.3 million, but now worldwide the total gross is $423.1 million. So it's, it's made quite, quite a, uh, you know, made quite a bit of money for the studio. Uh-huh. Um, Rotten Tomatoes critical acclaim says like most sequels, Rio two takes its predecessor's basic template and tries to make it bigger, which means it's even busier, more colorful and ultimately more exhausting for viewers outside the youthful target demographic directed by Carlos Saldana, uh, writers, Don Reimer and Carlos Saldana. Uh, so that would be, uh, the director in their writing as well as Jenny Bix, uh, writing and Carlos Saldana writing the, the screenplay. Uh, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Anne Hathaway, as we mentioned, Will I Am returns as Pedro, Jamie Foxx as Nico, George Lopez as Raphael, uh, Jim, how do you say that? Jemaine Clement uh-huh. as Nigel, Leslie Mann, uh, Mann, whatever. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Officially. I think it's just Leslie Mann as Linda, uh, Rodrigo Santoro as Tulio, and Kristen Chenoweth as Gabby. Uh, music by John Powell. Tell us a little about John Powell, Chad. Uh, he did most notably to me how to train your dragons music, which is great. Yeah. And, uh, the music here is pretty good too. Um, let's see. He co-composed the two Kung Fu Panda films, mm. uh, with, uh, Hans Zimmer. Okay. And I'm trying to think of what else. I think he did the original three born films. Did he? Um, oh yeah, that's right. He did the first one for sure. He did all three then. Yes. Did because he do, it did, was, who did the fourth one? James Newton Howard. Yeah. Which, yeah. It was good music, TJ. Mm. I didn't like the movie, but I liked the music. I don't remember the music, so I can't really speak to that. Well, you didn't like the movie, so. Yeah, I hated the movie. It's awful. <laughs> was that before before your time, or, at, or were you already on the podcast when that came out? I think that was before uh, your time, because I, I remember Joe. I'm pretty sure I did that with Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, the story here is that Blue and Jewel now have three kids, and while Jewel is busy trying to teach them to live like birds and be self-sufficient, Blue is still the domestic bird flipping pancakes and giving his kids iPods and the like. But now Linda and Tulio, now that they're married, go to the Amazon to release a bird they nurse back to health to its natural habitat. But while there, they cross paths with a bird they believe is a Blue Spix macaw. They had formerly believed Blue and Jewel and family were the last of the Blue Spix macaws. They appear on TV to talk about it and to try to get the area declared a preserve. Blue and Jewel see them on TV and hear what's going on. Jewel believes it's their duty to head to the Amazon, and so they do. They meet up with Jewel's long-lost family, and Blue runs into trouble with Jewel's family. But then an evil logger threatens all, and Blue and the family must put aside their differences and work together to save the flock. So, Chad, here comes the moment of truth. You, you, you really just don't give Rio a, a, a – you don't have a lot of love for it the way I seem to like it. <laughs> I don't have a lot of hate for it either, though. So, Given that – Look at the positives. Given that, how did you feel about Rio 2? I, I liked it well enough. I mean, I thought the first one was better, um, which I think is the correct answer here. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> um. I don't know. It it felt like a rehash a lot of the time of what happened in the first film and not in a good way. Yeah. I don't there know was too much going on. Yeah. 
there was a lot going on, that's for sure. The screenplay really felt um, disjointed, I think is a good word for it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, boy, where do you start on this thing? Um, had a lot of fun with Rio, and I had a little bit of fun with Rio too, and a whole lot of disappointment. Uh, the, <laughs> the music from John Powell was still just as good, and in fact, if you want to start with the things that I liked about it, um, Gabby's musical number was fantastic. Uh-huh. Loved yeah, that was it. Fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I really just loved the whole Gabby plotline, actually. Uh, surprisingly, I would not have expected to like that little sidetrack uh, and, and kind of the cheesiness of it. But uh, it really worked well and and kind of more in the way that the first film worked for me, I think, where, it, you know, it was fun and a little bit serious, but didn't take itself too seriously. And, you know, it was kind of put up next to that uh, hammed up performance of Nigel. Um, I, I think it, it worked really well. Uh, so really love that. Um, that was her, her voice, she was voiced by Kristen Chenoweth who did, um, the, the musical numbers, um, as well as her character's voice. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that really works well for the film's benefit. And I think her, her, uh, her musical number alone is, makes the film worth seeing. Um, I, I, I did think that, um, the, the, boy, there was a plot twist with Gabby. Let's just say that toward the end that, um, yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. You know, I thought it was funny. I mean, uh, it's, it, it's a good thing to turn the audience on its head every once in a while. Yeah. And, and, and it was a funny twist too. Yeah. And one of the things I think that made Rio so great was, was indeed the music. And th- uh-huh. that is certainly just as good here. Um, I, I think that, that the music is really well written and really well performed. Um, Mm-hmm. It, it's unfortunate though that because the rest of the film the script and everything don't quite make it up to that same level that it makes it feel a little bit bombastic i think a, a little too over the top whereas the first film it was the same you know the musical quality was at the same level but the script and the screen everything else was elevated high enough to not make it feel so bombastic and out of place does that make does that make sense yeah it makes sense yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt about that. But but it was a positive. I mean, I, I really did enjoy the music just as I did in the first film. Um, and just like the first film, it was stunning and beautifully animated. I mean, just great. Love the choreography. Great choreography. Um, in, in just, you know, the, the way the bird's wings would unfold and they would have those sequences and, you know, the color. I mean, you know, obviously it's kind of a, a, uh, a colorful film. You know, when you think of Rio, that kind of, colorfulness comes to mind so that makes sense um right i mean both of these films are very nice on the eyes they're they're great to look at yeah very for sure so unfortunately that's really all the good stuff i have to talk about if you have anything to add Uh you better do it um uh no that's pretty pretty much it yeah and that's that's really unfortunate um because you know rio was so good and rio 2 is just so meh yeah um you know, Linda and Tulio, where they were pretty central to the first film, they feel like afterthoughts here. Like, like, what are they even doing in this film? It's they're barely like, like, yes, they're somewhat relevant to the plot in that they discover the, you know, the blue spikes macaws in the in the rainforest, and that's it. That's really their point of being in the film. And I, I just felt so disappointed by that. Um, I, I really kind of liked Linda's and Blue's relationship in the, in the first film, and that's just completely and totally absent here in this film. Uh huh. So, uh, I, I, yeah, really disappointing. Um, the plot around the villains, Chad seems really lazy. Like, haven't yeah. we, haven't we, 
People cutting down trees <laughs> that they shouldn't. Haven't we done this plot a hundred thousand times? Yes, and, Fern, and, Fern Gully to the uh, last rainforest. I I had so many flashbacks to Fern Gully. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I had so many flashbacks to Fern Gully, and like I don't even like Fern Gully. That's not a that's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we can't. Sure, the rainforest needs to be preserved. We get it. I'm there. I'm with you. Let's stop doing films with this plot. It's so cliche and so annoying. Yeah, I mean, I wish we'd stop doing uh, at, at least kids' films with these animated political backstories to right. them. And, unless they're going to be a lot more subtle with it. Because even Happy Feet, I thought, was plagued with the same problem. I loved the first half of Happy Feet. And then all of a sudden it turns into a Save the Penguins uh, uh don't entrap them. Don't ship them off to zoos kind of movie. And uh, I, the sort, same sort of thing here to a lesser extent. Uh, it's not as big a punch in the face as happy feet is, but it's still very present here and I, it's not necessary. Well, I thought that's where Rio did su- such a better job because sure that subtext is there, but it's just that it's a subtext. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of in the background. Like, you know, you get it. The birds, like as far as we know, blue and jewel are the last two blue spicks macaws. And that's kind of sad, but right. it's not in your face. And this was so like, this was the main plot and it was in your face. And it's, uh, it, it's sort of like, uh, where I would make the comparison to Bible thumpers. If it were a Christian film is like, come right. on, that's not good story. <laughs> That is just not good story. Right. That's not how you win him over. Right. So it just, yeah, it just really annoys me. Um, uh, yeah, that was, that was really, really, uh, unfortunate, uh, you know, writing, I think, um, the humor in this film really didn't make it to the level of, of the humor in Rio. Um, no, I he, thought that a lot of Jermaine Clements, uh, Nigel's humor was still really good there it was um, really he, good but i think the problem with him was he didn't feel integral to the plot like he did in the well, first right film. that's that was actually my next complaint i it felt like they brought nigel back just because he was a fan favorite in the first one exactly yeah and that doesn't make for good story it's like they developed this other story and then the studio came and this is what it feels like i don't know if this is what it is but it's, it's like the studio came and threw down the gauntlet and said wait you're not bringing Nigel back. What's this? Go write him into the story. And it's like, well, we've got this story. Let's, how can we incorporate him in? Oh, we'll do this, you know, funny gag about him in the Shakespeare bit. And it worked well. I mean, as far as just standalone, the Shakespeare stuff, he was perfect for, but yeah, but it just, as far as him being in the movie, that, that bird should have been, he should have flown the coop. (laughs) Yeah. And and in both films, his uh, musical numbers were really fun. Uh, Jermaine Clement is most well known for being half of the duo, the flight of the Concords. Yeah. Um, and the other half, of course, is Brett McKenzie, who's written the music for the past two Muppet films. And Jermaine was actually in Muppets Most Wanted. Okay. Um, he played the the guy who sang Working on a Coal Mine. Working in a Coal Mine. Mm, I don't remember that one. Uh, it's how they escaped from the group. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. Sorry. I, yes. I was in the wrong film, and my mind had to pull, you know, kind of reel it in, go over to this other film, and try to find it and sift through all the information I've poured in up here. It's, it's not <laughs> filed very well, apparently. Yeah, okay. Right, so Jermaine Clement, I mean, he, he's really good at what he does. He really hams it up very well, and his delivery in those songs and, and his comedy in general was pretty fun. Um, but the, 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 the character just shouldn't be here. No, it doesn't make any sense for the character. Literally, like I'm not even joking. Where, where with Linda and Tulio, yes, they felt somewhat uh, extra. You know, were they not integral to the plot? But, but it would be it would have been a little harder to remove them from the plot. You can you can completely cut everything, everything with Nigel and Gabby, and the film is plot is still intact. 
Literally. Right. And, and you can also take out the whole weird sound, uh, talent search thing that uh, uh, Will I Am and Jamie Foxx's characters were doing too. Yeah, where when you did that sort of thing in Rio, I felt like it was part of the plot. Whether it was or not, I certainly felt more like it was. And and then, you know, you do that here, and it's almost like they took these random ideas and stuffed them into this film. And, yeah. and it's kind of, I think, why this I say the script feels so disjointed, because it, it's almost like they spent a couple of weeks on the script, and they said, eh, here's some ideas, here's some ideas, here's some <laughs> ideas, now let's go make a movie out of it. Instead of like like did they did they literally animate the first draft of the draft of the script? What I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just really weird. Yeah, I mean, there's so much extra stuff, and I think if they just cut it down, left it to the main plot where uh, Blue is trying to seek the approval of Jewel's father. Basically, he's trying to fit in. Uh, I think that I enjoyed most of that. Did you? Most of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You talking about Blue fitting in? I mean. Y- yeah, I mean, this kind of brings me to my next point, which is my the headline in my review is that relationships are hard. <laughs> where, where I expected this whole thing with Blue and Jewel to have a relational struggle, of their, you know, they have these wildly different backgrounds. Um, they approach life completely different, which was you know the thrust of the first film. Um, you know, but in in the end, I felt like the the the, the, the relationships felt as perfunctory as the villains did. Um, uh-huh. You know, the whole drill sergeant dad thing. I mean, I feel like that's been done a thousand times where, right. you know, dad, you know, son marries daughter, then son meets dad in the sequel. And they, you know, there's, you know, bristling, you know, chest throwing, uh, you know, you're not good enough for my daughter. I mean, again, it just feels very cliche. It just feels very cliche. Yeah. Um, I'm looking over your review at, while listening to you. And um, you make a really good point. He talk, He consistently talks about, hey, I know the humans. I know the humans, guys. Uh, you, you need me because I know the humans. You know the forest. Right. And uh, in the end, he doesn't use his knowledge of the humans to defeat them whatsoever. In fact, right. they actually hint at the fact that he's using the techniques just taught to him by Jewel's father. Right, which is dumb. I mean, it's just completely, it's just completely lazy, lazy screenwriting. It's terrible. Right. But uh, there, there is something I do disagree with you here. You said there weren't any turnarounds or ha-ha mo- aha moments. There wasn't for – okay, you do say specifically for the dad. I thought there was a really good moment for Blue, though. Uh, when you think that he's given up, he's put on his fanny pack, and uh, he's flying back to Rio. Um, but he actually flies off to uh, Linda's camp and leaves his intent is to leave the fanny pack say goodbye and do his best to please his wife to to fit in even if he can't and i thought that was a really great moment yeah yeah no i i agree uh it was a little bit of an aha moment for for blue and i do agree it was a great moment because he's he's committed himself i agree i i just wanted there to be that aha moment because because dad's kind of a jerk and then it just never really gets resolved right you know, it just never really goes anywhere. Uh, again, relationships are apparently hard to write because they didn't write them very well. <laughs> so um, I wanted – actually, I wanted more tension between Blue and Jewel because there was a lot – yes, uh, uh, to some extent it might have been a rehash. But there was a lot of tension between Blue and Jewel in the first film, and they fell in love, and you know now they're married or however you want to – you know it, it, they're birds. How do you do that? But wh- whatever. <laughs> um, so now they're together. And but but there's going to be conflict and strife 
But it almost felt, again, like that was just sort of, oh, we got to write that in there because this is their two personalities and whatever, and they never go anywhere with it. And I wanted there to be more of a kind of a, a rift and then a reconciliation to really drive things home and to really make an, an investment in the characters. And it just never right. went, went anywhere. So, yeah, yeah. it's just mm, disappointing. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any other dislikes? No, actually, I've already mentioned – I was just looking through my list here. I've actually mentioned Nigel, which is a complete wasted opportunity and should have been cut from the film. Um, you, you know, the only other thing I'll say about Nigel we, – we can go ahead and spoil this now. I'm going to call spoiler alert. Um, uh-huh. so, so the big plot twist is that Gabby is not a poisonous frog, right? And she's been right. thought poisonous through the whole film and, ooh, don't touch her. And, the, ooh, we can't touch. And that was like the whole point of her song, which was a wonderful, you know, uh, number – and then the whole, the plot twist, which in, in a way I love, but in a way I hate it because, you know, you've got this great, you know, death scene or whatever for the pompous, <laughs> you know, bombastic character of Nigel. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's, this is the end, you know, and, and on the one hand, you're like, no, it's a kid's film and they're never going to kill him. You know that he's not dead. But at right. the same time, it would have been, I think, perfect, a perfect way for that to happen. But, you know, they can't kill him because there might be a sequel, which I spell with a dollar sign for the S. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they might need to bring Nigel back, you know, so can't go there. I mean, it's just, it just felt like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the twist. I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I like wouldn't I said, mind I, more Nigel as long as they utilize him better. Right. And like I said, that's kind of why I have, you know, uh, mixed feelings about, about that is because I did like it as a plot twist. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was a clever twist and it was a funny twist. I mean, yeah. you you spend this whole film, you've got this big dramatic musical number about how this frog is poisonous. It, it's it's central to Nigel's part of the plot, um, part of the, the the like six slices of pie um, of the film, <laughs> right. and 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 all of a sudden, oh, I, I I'm not I'm not poisonous. Oh, good. Phew. We we almost died there. <laughs> I, right. thought, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, as, no. as far as that part of the plot goes. Yeah, I'm very conflicted about that because, again, it was it was a clever twist. It was the only clever thing in the film, frankly. Um, <laughs> but it, it just it didn't quite hold up. I mean, you know, I think, again, it, the reason it didn't is because the whole the whole thing was expendable. Um, right. And, they, you know, uh, well, again, I love Gabby's musical number, but then, you know, she was completely not essential to the film at all. Right. So. Just frustrating. Just you know, and and it's <laughs> it, the thing is, it's made enough money that they're probably gonna make a Rio three. And this that that brings me to another point. Like they've kind of boxed themselves in with the name Rio. Um, they didn't spend much time in Rio. What are <laughs> right. they gonna do for the next one? Are they going back to Rio? They're kind of in the rainforest now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. They can call well. it. Uh, Amazon Rio three, the Amazon, you know, or I mean, as, as long as they show another big camera pan of the Jesus statue, of course, I think right. they can keep calling it Rio. <laughs> right. That's, that's the whole point. You know, as <laughs> long as they show that fixture of Rio, we're, we're good. Uh, well, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of talking points because frankly, it just, it's, it's a middling movie and it's really hard to talk about middling movies. I can talk all day long about movies I hate and I can talk all day long about movies. I love a movie right. that is just so middling is just hard to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of complaints, but the complaints I do have were, I mean, the, the whole plot thing and too much going on, that's a pretty big, big thing. Yeah. All right, well, you want to button it up? Sure. Uh, what would you rate this film? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I would rate it three out of five stars, uh, so okay. full star short of the first film. Okay, I'm only giving it uh, two and a half. So I, I, 
I, I might revisit Rio. I might like it more than I think I did the first time around. Yeah. Um, especially after watching the second one, but <laughs> I knew I didn't dislike this movie. I, I, I mean, Rio too. I, I still enjoy being in the theater. I did not regret going. So thank you, TJ. <laughs> good. But, good. Um, but uh, it, since I gave Rio a three and this is obviously worse, two and a half is the only place I could really put it. I mean, I feel like you ought to give Rio at least a three and a half. Yeah, I, I'm thinking I might, um, but like I said, I just have to revisit it. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I did strongly. I don't. I, a two and a half is not out of place for this film because I strongly considered giving it a two and a half. Like, did I? Did, and, and ultimately, I did like it just a little bit better than complete middle of the road, which is why I went with a three. Which two and a half would just be complete middle of the road, meh. You know, and this right. is this is like mm, meh. You know, not not meh. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like an extension right. on that it's first like, consonant. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, Rotten Tomatoes lists it at 46% from the critics, whereas the first one was at 72%. So major drop um, and a lot, a lot of negative reviews out there. Audience is only at 65%. Uh, and yet it has made a lot of money. But you know that's got to be a lot of people like me who, who, oh, wow, that was a really good first film. Let me go drop some money on the second one. And now right. they're like, ugh, oof. Ugh, ugh, I don't think so. And maybe, who knows? Uh, but, you know, maybe the, the, a third film wouldn't make that much money. And I think that's one of the things that's missing from ratings and, and studios deciding whether to make a sequel is, you know, whether the, the you know, there was what, what were the circumstances of the money that the film made, right? Right. And I think that's kind of missing from the studio's evaluation. But anyway, the film was a disappointment, and yet I still think it has a little something to make it worth seeing. You know, the, the Gabby's musical number and the beautiful animation and the stunning, uh, you know, the stunning colors and, and things, all that make it worth seeing. That's ultimately why I made it a three instead of a two and a half, but just barely. Right. And, and, and if you're on the fence at all, wait and see it on Blu-ray. That's kind of where I'm at. Or like rent it on iTunes. Sure. Yep. Have any final thoughts? Bottom line, uh, not really. I mean, it's it's not as good as the first one was. Um, but I, I, if you liked the first one, even though you might be disappointed, I think the second one's worth seeing. Yep. All right. Well, next week we're going to be talking about Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, but, I, uh, I I don't know whether this is going to be any good or not. I, I hear it's getting mixed reviews, uh, but I'm definitely uh, interested. I'm not going to have seen – I have not seen a single Godzilla film before, so I will be coming in with either. no knowledge. Uh, I, I feel like we uh, may need somebody to balance this out then. The Honest Trailers guys just did a Honest Trailer for the 1998 Roland Emmerich yeah, Godzilla saw that. film, which is supposed to be terrible. Yeah, so. it looked awful. It's, it, the, 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 that trailer is pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I um, love the trailer even though I hadn't seen the movie. Yeah, and I don't know where you're where you're getting the mixed reviews thing because on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 68 reviews, it's got an 85 percent right now. Really? Yeah. I, maybe I'm getting this confused with a different film. It's, I think so. Uh, right now, the consensus is with just enough human drama to anchor the sweeping spectacle of giant monsters smashing everything in sight. Gareth Edwards' Godzilla satisfyingly satisfyingly restores a franchise's fire breathing glory. So here's one. I, I haven't. I'm, I'm going to read this for the first time on the air because I just Googled mixed reviews Godzilla. And this came up from Studio Briefing, which I've never heard of. Early reviews of Godzilla, mostly from trade magazine and British critics, have arrived. And in some instances, it's difficult to determine whether the writers approve or disapprove. Take Todd McCarthy's review in The Hollywood Reporter, for example. Superbly made, but burdened by, dull, by some dull human characters enacted by, enacted by an interesting international cast who can't do much with them. 
This new Godzilla is smart, self-aware, eye-popping, and arguably in need of a double shot of cheeky wit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's know. that's kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about mixed reviews. Um, I, I read it somewhere. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I want to give it judgment for myself, and I've liked what I've seen, you know, coming out of it, uh, you know, coming from the uh, trailers and stuff. Uh, just everything, everything has pointed to a good movie to me. Which yeah. would be actually, I think, unusual for Godzilla because most of Godzilla's movies have been B movies. Right. This is the first, well, second really sort of big budget, all out effort. The first one was a B movie with an A movie budget. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, what's his name? Brian Cranston, isn't it? Yes, he is. Yeah. And David Strathairn. Of course, um, yeah, I like him. Ken Watanabe. And. Yep. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen her in anything or not. She's going to be Scarlet Witch right. in Avengers Two. I knew that. So we've we've seen her already. Uh, spoiler at the end of Captain America Two. Elizabeth Olsen. Right. Yes. Let's see if this is the right. This cannot be her. Hang on. Um. Godzilla. Just trying to see if I've seen Elizabeth Olsen in anything else. Here we go. I doubt it. I don't think I have. I've not seen any of these films and they don't look like films that you would have seen. Nope. Although I hear liberal arts is very, very good. Now she's the sister of, uh, the Olsen twins, the Olsen twins from, from, from full house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she was also in kill your darlings with, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Don't know about it. No, anything. About and, that. and Dane DeHaan in which they play a gay couple. So I, Doubt you would have seen that. I have not seen it. I just know about it. And then Old Boy, that was the recent remake with Gary Oldman, right? No, Josh Brolin. Haven't seen that either. Me neither. Well, I'm uh, I'm definitely excited and looking forward to Godzilla. I I expect I expect to have a more positive than negative review of it. That's kind of yes. but, but you know I've been surprised before, so we'll see. Uh-huh. I'm, and uh, the, I've already listened or I've already got the soundtrack. It just came out yesterday. Who did and that? Alexander Desplat. Oh yeah, it should be good. And then. It, it is excellent. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, I really, uh, I really. To me, he was an unknown before he took over Harry Potter, and I was really frustrated um, because I, I had been happy with the the previous composer in Harry Potter before six, uh, seven, and eight, um, which I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I'm really doing bad uh, on the names today. Nicholas Hooper. Yes, Nicholas Hooper was really happy with that music, but I have to say I, Alexander Desplat did better with Harry Potter seven, at least, um, which surprised me. Anyway, so I say that to say I, I'm I'm a fan of Desplat. Yeah. So. Yeah, excited, looking forward to it. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, who are you on Twitter, and how can people stalk you there and, and anywhere else? <laughs> any, anything else that you want to get out there? Well, on Twitter, I am uh, Chadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. And then on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash chad.hopkins. And then, of course, my movie site is chadlikesmovies.com. You can find me on Twitter at TJ Draper Pro. You can find all the writing that I do at moviebyte.com. You can find show notes for this episode at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 88. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you know, just anywhere you want to find us. We're pretty much there. We're, we're available wherever you wherever you are, there we are. So, uh, <laughs> check, you know, and, and take some time to rate the show in iTunes if you want to do that. That would be great. I haven't looked at the ratings lately. I should do that and see if we've gotten any new ones. 
Um, so, uh, okay, I'm not gonna take the time to do that right now, but, uh, if you want to rate us, uh, I'll try to look and see if there's any new ones. And if you want to comment in there on a rating and want to be read on the show, I'll, I'll try to remember to do that. No promises. Cause I, my, my memory is horrible, but I'll try to remember to do that next week. So anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, look forward to Godzilla next week. Chad, we'll see you next week. See you then. See you then.